<laughs> How fun was that? Um, next week, we kick off a new series, The Grave Robber. And uh, the book doesn't release until September 2nd. But if you're here next weekend, we've got some black market copies. And, uh, you know, uh, a few years ago when, when I started writing, uh, the Lord just put it in our hearts that uh, every time a book would come out, that Laura and I would just give you a copy. And so uh, it's going to be a gift to you next weekend. Um, I don't know if that's an excuse to invite someone to church or not, uh, but one way or the other, it's going to be an awesome series, The Seven Miracles in John. Uh, Jesus is the grave robber. It's going to be so good, but you have to wait till next week. All right. First things first, um, a few weeks ago we went on vacation, and my son, who has a beard, who's 18, <laughs> challenged me to grow one. The jury is still out. Um, there are people on our staff that can grow this by 5 o'clock. This is their shadow. Um, so if you will bear with me, uh, this is the longest I've ever gone. Uh, without shaving this part of the face. And so uh, I'm going to see what happens, if that's okay. Uh, secondly, it's just good to be back. Uh, last weekend, um, thank you. Uh, last weekend, we dropped off uh, our firstborn uh, for his freshman year at Southeastern University. Um, and, and we just feel so blessed. It's a wonderful environment for him. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, wow, I don't know if anything can kind of prepare you for that experience. I uh, feel like I just graduated myself. And so, um, but uh, fun to see him entering a, another stage. And then, uh, and then we were out for a couple of weeks. You know, I, I learned, uh, I've learned over the years of, you know, 18 years of pastoring this church that one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest mistakes I've made, and uh, it's really a confession, that there were seasons where I was studying the Bible for sermons. And uh, you know what? Pastors need time uh, out or out of the pulpit just to seek the Lord um, for themselves and uh, not for a sermon. And so it's almost a transition point for me to come back. I, I've been in a, in a 40-day season uh, of just really being in God's Word, uh, of seeking Him um, grateful for our worship leaders last weekend, of course, our campus pastors, our media team, um, a short film, what? Um, guest speakers, this whole psalm series. I hope uh, that, like me, you have fallen in love with the psalms. And, uh, you know, it's not about us getting through the psalms. It's about uh, a few of those psalms getting through us, right? And uh, I tell you what, there are a few of them that have just, uh, they're here, they're here, they're kind of down here. And uh, so this is a tough series. How do you end a series uh, on the Psalms? Well, uh, we're going to end it with Psalm uh, 145. And if you have a Bible with you, you can turn there and we'll get there. Uh... In fact, let's just jump in. We'll do it. Here we go. Verse 1. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. 
I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Now, I'm not sure how far we're gonna get this weekend, but we'll get as far as we can go. Verse two, every day will I bless thee. What a statement. You know, John Wooden, uh, the legendary basketball coach uh, who won six National Coach of the Year awards and uh, I think uh, led the UCLA Bruins to 10 national titles in like 12 years, something like that. Um, uh, unbelievable coach, but uh, I think um, those who knew him would say that he was even better off the court than on the court. Um, kind of cool, when he graduated from grammar school, uh, his father gave him a seven-point creed. H- how, many, how many of any of our locations, you've seen this seven-point creed? I, I have a feeling it's not going to be news to, to everybody, but I mean, it, these, are, these are really good. Now, there's one in particular I'm going to talk about, but should I share all seven? Okay. Um, it's bonus weekend. Uh, okay, number one, be true to yourself. Uh, and I'll come back to number two, help others. Drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Uh, th- this one's kind of cool. Make friendship a fine art. Uh, build a shelter against a rainy day. And uh, number seven, pray for guidance and give thanks for your blessings every day. But, but it's number two that I want to talk about for a minute. Um, and, uh, and it's this, make each day your masterpiece. Well, when I came into this 40 days and, and you know, I kind of like experiments. In fact, we have a core value as a church. Everything is an experiment. And, and I believe it's so important to practice spiritual disciplines in a routine way. Uh, but you also have to mix up the routine, change the pace, change the place, change the perspective. And, and so sometimes I go into seasons where I'm just going to experiment with different things. And, and I shared some of that, uh, did some physical experiments with push-ups over the last 40 days. And uh, um, uh, from strength to strength, Psalm 84, just kind of got my spirit. And I thought, what, what, could I do one more push-up each day than the day before? And uh, you know what? I've done it. it. I didn't think it was possible, but I'm up to 77. I started at 20. Um, and, uh, and so physically, I'm trying to discipline myself in a way b- because I've found that it's not unrelated to other disciplines, but that's really not, not the point. Um, my point is, um, somehow this little idea, make each day your masterpiece, kind of got my spirit. And I, I thought, well, what would that day look like? Um, you know, and you think of the greatest days of your life and, you know, you think of your wedding day, maybe if you're married or maybe the birth of your children. But, but the truth is those are kind of those, those unique days that happen, you know, once in a lifetime. Uh, maybe if you're getting married or maybe uh, um, kids a few times, who knows? Um, but, but how do you make each day a masterpiece, even the worst day? How do you, how do you number your day Psalm 90? Um, how do you carpe diem? How do you seize that day and really um, treasure it as a gift from God? 
And uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about that, kind of examining my life. Um, I think all of us need to curse some barren fig trees. It's one of the more fascinating miracles in the Gospels. Um, what, what isn't producing fruit in your life? And, and that thing, you might need to curse that barren fig tree so that, you know, and, and I've gone through a season where I've said, and these are scary pray- prayers, Lord, prune me and purge me. Um, and then I'm reading about the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap because I just finished reading through the prophets. And, uh, you know, those are scary prayers. But at the end of the day, I, I want God to do his work in my life so that the, the likeness of Christ is formed in me. And uh, so hopefully um, I'm better in private than I am in public and, and, and that I can live a life of integrity that honors the Lord. Um, but how, how do you make each day a masterpiece. Um, That's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit uh, this weekend. Um, And I think it starts with this verse in Psalm 145.2 because I don't think any day is a masterpiece that you don't praise God. Um, In fact, I I might say that that's a wasted day, that that's a day that wasn't lived to its fullest potential. Um, And so I want to talk about this phrase, every day I will bless thee. I think really that's the goal of this series. As we get to the end of the Psalms, like, like I think the worst thing that could happen is you kind of say, well, that was a great series, but then you really sort of forget and there isn't any life change. There's nothing about your routine that's different. Um, now, now, the reason why we wanted you reading the Psalms is because it's cultivating that daily discipline of being in the word of God. But I think the psalmist models something. And if you zoom out, I think you can see this. And uh, if you read from Psalm 1 to Psalm 150, you probably saw it. Through the ups and downs, through the ins and outs, through the highs and the lows, these psalmists bless God. I mean, this is kind of their modus operandi. They bless them in the best of times. They bless them in the worst of times and everything in between. So let me break it down a little bit. Word every day. Um, it's kind of one of those double, uh, double emphasis words. It means every day in every way. It's not something that you kind of do here and there on the really good days. Um, it's, it's our response to everything. Now here's where I want you to dial in. And uh, if you don't get anything out of this message, um, well, hopefully you do, but I think this would be the, the takeaway, okay? Um, In Jewish culture, uh, blessing God was a way of life. Kind of, kind of at the root of, uh, of Jewish thought and uh, prayer life and the way that they operated. Um, Baruch Atah Adonai. Um, it's this idea, bless the Lord. Um, and, and there were thousands of blessings uh, that... Uh, they would pronounce, and it didn't matter whether they were waking up or eating a meal or putting on new clothes. Here's the key. Here it is. It was forbidden to enjoy anything without saying a blessing for it. In fact, the Talmud says, if you enjoy something without saying a blessing, it's as if you stole it. And so my question is, what have we stolen from God? Are there some days where we haven't blessed God and we've stolen that day uh, from the Lord? I think this idea of every day 
will I bless thee. It's, it's this declaration. It doesn't matter what day it is, what day of the year. doesn't matter if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. doesn't matter um, if it's good day, bad. doesn't matter if it's rainy or sunny. Um, doesn't matter what season it's in. The, the idea, that the takeaway this weekend is, have you blessed God today? Have you made a declaration in your spirit that every day will I bless you? Now, here's why I want to put so much emphasis on this, because this is really interesting. The, the word bless, Baruch, is the most repeated word in the Old Testament. It's used more than any other word. Now, now in all fairness, um, it's often used uh, in the opposite sense of God blessing us. In fact, I don't have time to go there, but you, you read Genesis 1 and you'll see it show up right after verse 27 that it says he made us in his image, male and female, he created them. Um, what is the very first thing that God does? It says, and he blessed them. See, if you, if, if you want to know the heart of your heavenly father, um, it's a God who wants to bless you, to bless you beyond what, what right now you can even comprehend, bless you beyond your ability, beyond your resources. He, he wants to show you his love and compassion and grace and mercy. He wants you to experience the peace and joy that come from a relationship with him. He wants to bless you beyond your ability to contain it. And, and that idea of God blessing us runs all the way from the beginning to the end. And it's probably why it's the most repeated word in the Old Testament. But, but here's where it's significant. There, there comes a point in your life where you've got to understand that the only appropriate reaction to God blessing you is you blessing God. Okay, and here's where uh, I think this is kind of fascinating. Uh, this word means to bless the one who blesses you. So all we're doing is reacting every day to the blessings of God and giving him praise for them. Now, sometimes it helps to understand kind of different dimensions of a word. So every day is every day in every way, but every day will I bless you. Um, that word bless, um, etymologically, it, it's the same word that would be used for kneeling. And so I think um, to bless the Lord, to me, is to operate in a humble spirit, in a spirit that recognizes that um, uh, everything, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Uh, it's a recognition that it's all from God and for God, it's, uh, there's one thing God will not share, and he will not share his glory. And so if you try to rob God of his glory, um, that's not going to work, okay? And so there's something about blessing God that puts you in a posture of saying, God, thank you. It's this, this heartfelt gratitude um, for moments throughout the day when, when God blesses you. Now, it can mean to praise God. It's sometimes translated that way. In fact, some translations probably that you have would translate it. Every day will I praise the Lord. Um, it can mean to celebrate, to adore. Um, but, but here's my thought. 
Anything that you don't turn into praise turns into pride. And God opposes the proud. And so if we could just learn to posture ourselves in humility, kind of in a posture of kneeling before God, in a posture of God today, the very first thing I'll do, and tonight, the very last thing I'll do, I will bless you. Because God, you are good. God, you are great. And when you operate in that kind of spirit, oh, then you begin to experience the blessing of God in even greater degree. It's pretty simple. Uh, what if we just walked out resolved uh, with a declaration? Every day will I bless the Lord. Now, there are days that it's easy to do that, right? I don't know why I was thinking about this today, but might as well throw it out. There was one of, one of the easiest days to bless the Lord. Um, 2005, uh, I was on the missions team from NCC that went out to uh, Ethiopia um, to help Beza International Church get started. In fact, they were there for, we were there for that, that first service. It was so cool. And, and to see how God has blessed that church and, and for us to be shareholders as a church in that is, is a really cool thing. Um, and we had a wonderful week. Uh, and then the last day, um, and sometimes we do this on, on missions trips, the, the last day, you know, I think is good stewardship to enjoy where you are and uh, to see part of the country. It's kind of one way you fall in love with it. And, you know, another way is just, frankly, eating its food. And I love Ethiopian food. So, um, and so they said, we're going to take you to, out to Awash National Park um, for a game drive. And I was like, I like missions trips. And so we got up early and we drove out of the city. And a few hours out, we, we, uh, our little caravan, we stopped um, for a little picnic lunch. And uh, there were some cows grazing in a field right by us. And, and uh, I don't know what it is, but cows in other countries are far more fascinating than American cows. So we were taking pictures. And we're taking pictures of the cows. And uh, it's not a few minutes. And uh, some shepherds, some armed shepherds, um, some armed shepherds carrying AK-47s, speaking of Harik, come running towards us, um, clearly agitated and upset about something, um, evidently, that we had done. And uh, we, we found out through the translator that if you take a picture of their cow, they want some cash. Um, oh, we paid them. And then we got out of there. But, you know, have you ever had one of those moments where, like, in the moment, it's like the most terrifying thing you've ever experienced. But, like, the second after, it was, like, the greatest thing that ever happened. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're driving away. I'm thinking, okay, I just got held up by shepherds in Ethiopia. Like, I am living my life to the fullest right now, you know. <laughs> Laura, wasn't, Laura wasn't as excited when I shared that news with her. Um, but uh, I was like, man, this is, what a day. Like, Wow. Like, I'm alive, um, adrenaline pumping. And, uh, and so we head, head towards the, the, uh, the game park, and, uh, and we take a little detour. And wouldn't you know it, there's a natural spring heated by a volcano. How cool is that? Like, have you ever been in one of those? Um, 114 degrees, and uh, it was hot, hotter than hot. And so we get in, but, you know, like, I immediately want to get out, but, like, kind of this, this um, male, like, like, I didn't want to be the first guy out. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think, you know, some other people on the team were the same way, and, and uh, 
I, I kid you not, it wasn't like five minutes and one of the guys on our team fainted. Okay, now, now the beautiful thing is uh, that someone on our team was videotaping. Now, now I'm not going to mention his um, initials, but Pastor Joel Schmidgall was <laughs> videotaping and uh, you, you got to love it, okay? Th this team member plummeting to their certain death and camera doesn't move. <laughs> you know, you might die, but I'm going to capture it on video. Um, now, now, fortunately, there was someone else on our team with the gift of mercy and, and uh, we, we rescued and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, we, we watched that video more than once. Uh, more like over and over and over again. It was awesome after the fact. Um, and so then finally we get to, uh, to Awash National Park, and, and it's towards sunset, and I'm on a Land Rover with the African sun setting, and, and I'm seeing animals. I don't know their name. I've never seen a picture of this animal. I've never seen one in the zoo. I have no idea what you are, but you're awesome. You're awesome to see God's creation. I mean, when we went in, I mean, there were like every animal you can imagine. When we went to the campsite, there were 80 baboons. Like, dude, look at the backside of a baboon and tell me that God doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, um, it was so great. And so that night, we're sitting around the campfire and, and we're worshiping God. And, and I don't know how to say this, but it, it, it's never been easier for me than that moment to worship God. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like um, near-death experience, um, you know, with game drive, all in the same day. Um, and it was one of those moments where you can't not worship. Now, now I'll tell you, one of the, one of the things I learned um, you know, I've never heard the audible voice of God, um, but, but I've heard that, that still small voice, um, and I'll never forget being in the pup tent that night. And then maybe you've heard me share this before, but um, I, the Lord spoke to me. Um, and this might sound kind of crazy, and I don't know what, how he talks to you, but um, I felt like the Lord said, Mark, don't, don't accumulate possessions. Accumulate experiences. And it's become a mantra for me ever since. That's how I live my life. I look for, um, now I'll tell you this, if, if you really want to accumulate experiences, you follow Jesus. Because that's how you accumulate them. Um, he will take you places you never imagined going. Uh, you'll meet people, you do things that are impossible. Um, that's what happens when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That's how you accumulate um, experiences. Um, but, but here's the deal. What, what I'm trying to get at, is there are days like that where you can't not bless the Lord? I mean, it's just impossible not to. I mean, at the end of that day, I remember just this feeling of, God, I don't even know what to say or what to think, but I bless you. I bless you. And, and I'll tell you what I did. In my journal, I went and, and I tried to write down absolutely every animal I'd seen, Every moment of the day, all the thoughts, emotions that I felt, every nuance of everything that I experienced that day to make sure that there was nothing that I did not bless God for. But then why don't I live that way every day? 
Now, not every day is that way. You know, sometimes you're sitting around a campfire and singing worship songs after an unbelievable day. But, you know, a month ago, I was sitting in a pew at a funeral for a friend's daughter who died of a drug overdose. And the feeling of inconsolable sadness, I've never felt sadness in a more tangible um, sort of way. And yet, even, even in those moments, you have a decision to make. What are you going to do with that moment? And even in those moments, somehow, some way, learning to bless God every day, will I bless you? I mean, what, what did Job do when he lost everything in a day? Do you remember? He lost his children. He lost his home. He lost his entire financial portfolio all in a day. And, uh, and Job says this, the Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. But what does he say next? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I would dare say that this is one of the most powerful moments in the entire Bible. That if in that moment you can bless God, there is something very real, very genuine you know what? Those are the days that it is a sacrifice of praise. But here's what I'm getting at. We've got to bless God on our best day. We've got to bless God on our worst day. And we've got to bless God every day in between. So how do we do it? What, what, does, that, what does that look like? Well, I have nothing mastered, okay? But I am coming out of an experiment. And really, um, uh, the last... 155 days for me have been unique. God's been doing something new in my life, and I'm numbering them in my journal. Um, but, but I, I want to get down to brass tacks. You know, I, I think, uh, let, let me invite you into, into my world and how I, on a daily basis, try to grow a little bit closer to God than I was the day before. Now, I will, I will tell you that I have, a, I have such a keen awareness all the time these days Lord, I need you more today than I did yesterday. And uh, I feel it. Um, and, uh, and so every day, uh, if you're going to make each day your masterpiece, um, here, here's what I've tried to do. And let, let me kind of make it as practical as I can. Uh, there is uh, not a day, I hope, for the rest of my life that I do not crack open the Word of God and read it. And I'll tell you the reason why I'm, I'm so resolved because I look back on the last 18 years, and really my life before that, and just to be brutally honest, I really believe that every day I didn't spend uh, any time in the Word of God was a wasted day. I would be ashamed to tell you how many days I've wasted. Because if you're not filled with the Word of God, you can't be filled with the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God inspired the Word of God. And so think about it. When you are inhaling the Word of God. You are inhaling what the Spirit of God exhaled over thousands of years, thousands of years ago. Um, you can't tell me you love God if you don't love God's Word because it's His gift to us. Um, the Word of God has just become so precious to me. I think I've finally come to a point in my life where I realize how desperately I need to be uh, in God's Word. And, uh, and so... What I've started to do is uh, have a reading plan because without a plan, plan, failing to plan is planning to fail. 
And so I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, but if I said, um, how, how many of you have a Bible reading plan? And I asked you to raise your hand. Some of you would. And, and my guess is that many of you would not. And, and then if I asked you, the, those of you that didn't, um, uh, how often you're in the Word of God, I bet that it's not daily. Now, I know I'm coming across as very blunt, but I love you too much not to talk about this because I think this is the most profound thing that God is teaching me. Um, you need a plan. Now, we try to do that as a church during Lent. Uh, many of us read through the New Testament together. It was awesome. Uh, this summer, uh, I, I think many of us have read through the book of Psalms. Um, you know, I'm coming out of 40 days where I read through the, the major prophets and minor prophets. Um, but let me tell you where I'm failing. Okay, I, I'm, I'm in that year of discipleship with my youngest son, what I did with Parker uh, six years ago. Um, and, and part of that is reading through the New Testament together with my 12-year-old. And uh, I had to go to my 12-year-old six months in and say, Josiah, will you forgive your dad? Because I think I've failed to deliver on the part of the covenant that I, did, I, uh, I signed. Because I, I have not held myself to a standard, not held him to a standard. And so we had kind of a wonderful moment where he forgave his dad. And, uh, and we're working on a plan. Because without a plan, we are not going to get through the New Testament together. Um, and so I, I download a version app if you need to. Um, Parker, we just dropped him off at Southeastern. So cool. They use the Life Journal. Uh, they do spiritual formation so well at that school so that every day all of their students are reading uh, four chapters a day, two from the Old Testament, usually one from the wisdom literature and one from the New Testament. And then they journal every day. Um, so whether it's a Life Journal or a version or whatever, all I'm saying is if you don't have a plan, you need to get one. Um, because that is going to help you be in God's word on a daily basis. So here's what I do. I'm working the plan, and uh, I open my Bible every morning, uh, and I pick it up where I left it off. Now, I have a little ribbon in my Bible, so I put it in there. Um, you know, we're, we're really down to the details now. And I open back up, and I kind of pick it up right there. Now, something, sometimes there are leftovers from the day before that are still in my spirit that God's not done dealing with me yet. Sometimes those will last days or weeks, um, and, and that's great. Um, but I'll start reading, and uh, I never read without a pen, ever, never. Um, what's the point? Um, I don't care if it's a book or a Bible. Um, now, this is kind of a personal thing, and so I'm not putting this on you, but I'll never read without a pen. Um, I, I like Jeremiah 13, 18. I don't know if this is the best exegesis up here right now, but uh, it says, who hath marked his word? I have. Um, <laughs> And I underlined once anything that the Spirit of God quickens to me. And, and if it really gets quickened, I'll underline it twice. And if it's a verse I need to memorize, I'll circle that verse because I know it's something that I can't just go, uh, I'll circle it and I will memorize it. Then I do something that I call RPM, uh, read, pray, meditate. Um, so I'll read um, and I'll read until I get to a verse that I can't quite keep reading because the Spirit of God does something in my spirit in reaction to what it is that I'm reading. Now, sometimes uh, that prayer takes the form of praise. And so let's use Psalm 145 uh, as an example. When I got to verse 8, um, I had to stop for a minute because it says the Lord is gracious and merciful. 
And I started thinking about that because I, I really like those two dimensions of who God is. Now, now, mercy means you don't get what you deserve. And grace means you get what you don't deserve. I think sometimes we confuse those for the same thing. But I just started meditating. Where has God been merciful to me? Where, where have I not gotten what I, what I deserved? Um, and then where has God been gracious to me? What has God given to me um, that, that I don't deserve? And, and then kind of this moment of revelation. Everything. Everything. And so that's why I bless him. Because everything I have is a gift from God. And so I'll, I'll read and I'll pray. Sometimes it's praise. Now sometimes it's, it's repentance. And so just reading through the prophets, I mean, that book will give you a black eye. I mean, it's a hard-hitting book, and, and you have to look and say, is there any idolatry in my life? If I'm being honest, is there anything that's more important to me than my relationship with God? Um, are there areas of pride in my life? Shocker, there are. Um, are, are there areas where, why is there anger in this part of my life? And what, what's the source of that anger? Is it something that's unresolved with God? And I'll find myself just, God, we got to talk about this for a minute because I don't want to just read your word and, and be further educated beyond the level of my obedience already. And so I'll read it and I'll pray it. And then I'll meditate on it. Now, here, here's where I want to keep it real. Um, I know that that sounds exotic, doesn't it? Like, I don't know what you're envisioning right now. I, you know, me in a yoga position, I have no idea. Um, I mean, that's not a pretty picture, is it? Um, I, meditation, I don't really think it's that complicated. It's as you're reading, as you're praying, what is the verse that, that it jumps off the page and it gets in your spirit? What is the Spirit of God quickening? What promise is in there that you aren't claiming? And you, get, you come under conviction because I am living below the promises of what God wants to deliver on. Or, or you're reading and you just come to this place where I just, I, God, you have got to reveal this to me because I do not understand what this means. Now, some days I feel like Teflon and nothing sticks. I think it's so important that I tell you that. I, like, I am not a mystic. I don't levitate when I read the Bible. Um, some days I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry because this seems boring. <laughs> and I feel bad about that. Um, but then there are those moments that the Word of God is quickened to my spirit. And, uh, but here's what I've learned, and here's where I want to challenge you. Show up. Every day will I bless you. It's not about like living on the Mount of Transfiguration, okay? I mean, last time I preached, I talked about walking through the Valley of Baca, okay? It's the place where it's so dry um, and, and your soul feels empty. We all, we all go through spiritual slumps, your pastor included. But, but here's, what, here's what resolved in my spirit 155 days ago. I'm going to show up. Here I am. God, here I am. I'm going to press in and press on, and I'm going to believe that even the worst day a year from now is going to be better than my best day a year ago. That I'm going to press into your word. I'm going to press into your presence, and uh, you aren't going to get rid of me, and he doesn't want to. But, but I'm going to show up, God. I'm going to press into that place where you can speak to me. And on the days where I feel no revelation, on the, on the days where I feel flatlined, I'm still going to be here. 
God, I'm going to be right here with your word right here. I'm going to RPM. I'm going to read and pray and meditate. I'm going to French press it. I'm going to crock pot it. <laughs> and we're going to see what God does. If you want to make each day your masterpiece, you better start with God's masterpiece. Start with the Bible. It needs to be in the same category as eating food, drinking water, and breathing air. And when it becomes that, when it becomes your life source, when it becomes something that, wow, I feel so off. When you feel hunger pangs because you have not been in the Word, then it tells me God's going to begin. And, and here's why I spent a whole sermon talking about this. Because if you're getting into God's word every day, I'm not worried about you at all. But if you aren't, it scares me. Um, it's not about a weekly relationship with God. God doesn't want us to bless him for a few minutes on the weekend. This is about us pressing into a place where we seek God first, where nothing is more important to us, where in response to the overwhelming blessings of God, we simply say a declaration, a resolution. Every day will I bless you, God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this weekend and pray that you would help us. Lord, I, I pray that, uh, that this would be received, I hope, in the spirit in which it's shared. And some of it is a spirit of regret because I see some of the mistakes I've made. And I see the wasted days. I see those days where I didn't bless you, where I wasn't in your word, where you weren't really at the center of my life. But Lord, I have a new resolve to press in, to seek you, and to God see what you can do. Lord, I pray that each of us would have the, uh, the honesty and integrity to recognize those things that we have stolen for you, from you and those things that we've stolen are anything that we have not blessed you. And so, God, we bless you this weekend for your blessings. Lord, I pray that out of this moment would come a defining decision, a defining decision that would be as simple as Psalm 145.2. Every day will I bless you, followed up by a daily decision to get up, to get into God's word, to get into God's presence, and to bless you. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.